<laughs> they, they, then they went away. <laughs> um, but I did see like somebody tweeting perhaps, or maybe an article that was like, um, expecting them to actually move iZombie to a different day because it gets, it's just getting this number all the time. Flash, uh-huh. flash or no flash, we're right around 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6. We're not going up. So maybe, maybe the CW will want to experiment and try it on a different night and see if they'll get more viewers. But then again, you run the risk of losing a lot of viewers that way too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so gosh, oh wow, we have so much to cover. Let's just do it. Let's get into okay. the discussion. <laughs> Uh, first episode's called Deadbeat, Deadbeat, and, uh, it's written by John Embaum and directed by John Kretschmer, and the last episode, second episode is Salivation Army, written by, not Bob Dearden, like I screwed up and said, but, uh, written by Rob Thomas and Diane Ruggiero Wright, and I saw there was some help on the teleplay with, uh, from Kit Boss, and directed by, uh, the great Michael Fields, who was, who was on a lot of these big episodes, so... All right, so let's. Uh, as I was saying to you before the show, Steph, I'll tell you guys, the view, the listeners, uh, we usually just jump around to different points and different plot lines. But since there's no uh, case of the week, there's no really B stories. There's a B story kind of in the end of uh, Salvation Army, but besides that, it's all A story, A story, A story. So I think we're going to just kind of go through this chronologically, but like not mention every single thing because we have a lot of feedback and a lot, there'll be a lot more opportunity to discuss the episodes. So, okay. Okay. All right. So deadbeat, um, uh, in our, our, uh, our first scene, like, uh, uh, Liv's world just comes crumbling down. And that really, uh, uh, was awesome to see like this huge, like, holy crap, uh, the FBI are here for Major, he's the chaos killer, and boom, Robbie's getting thrown against the wall and getting cuffed, and just the sheer panic on Liv's face. Yeah, that was just heartbreaking to watch her. She was just so helpless, yeah. and she's finding all this stuff she out no at, idea. all at one time. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and, uh, and it was just such a great way to start these two episodes. Uh, <laughs> It was, it was pretty things. Awesome. Our, our heroes are in dire situations. Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we get, we get some interrogation with, uh, Ravi and then we, uh, I, I wanted to mention in this interrogation, uh, with major major actually discovers he, he, this is when he finds out about Drake <laughs> and he just, Oh yeah. He didn't, he had no idea that, that Liv had a boyfriend. <laughs> And and it's like he thinks maybe they have a, a terrible case against him, but this is our first like oh crap, Major is screwed because suddenly by not knowing that this is Liv's boyfriend he kidnapped, he's suddenly has a motive because <laughs> he's this is you know it's his, oh, his yeah. ex fiance's uh, new boyfriend. Of course, maybe he'd want to kill him, you know. <laughs> but that's when uh, the great Ken Marino steps in. Uh, Brant Stone, what'd you think about him? Uh, I thought I think that was perfect casting. <laughs> I thought it was fabulous. I was I was uh, I was admiring his uh, his suit and his hair, his perfect hair. Yeah, <laughs> it was just so perfectly done. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's of course playing his usual uh, sleazeball self that you see a lot in the you know his comedy roles. Um, you know, just a just a total sleaze, uh, sleazy lawyer that is not really interested in. Um, pursuing justice. I mean, uh, you know, obviously he's got a job to do. He's not there to pursue justice. All right. Wouldn't you know that Max Rager would send like 
a, I guess all good lawyers are kind of slumballed. <laughs> but you know they're going to send a good lawyer to to represent. Yeah. Represent major. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they're representing themselves. They're they're protecting themselves. They're not going to let major. Uh, you know. Yeah, he's he's being paid by he's being paid by Max Rager. He, uh, you know, I'm sure him. I can I can picture him and Vaughn in like a racquetball club together. You know, uh, yeah. playing wingman together. <laughs> uh, but I loved his expressions. You know, he comes in, he says, "Shut your mouth, you sh- you two, shut your mouths." And then he says, "He says this is Oscar the Grouch's dream house, a pile of garbage." <laughs> <Just> garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, revelation after revelation here at the beginning, where uh, Robbie. You know, major major protests to live that uh, he's nothing to, has nothing to do with him, but I was, but he can't say anything. Yeah, yeah, he can't. He's told us, he was told to shut his mouth, and yeah. who knows if those places are bugged? You know. Yeah, I think, and so he tells he tells Liv to go talk to Ravi to get the get the you know the truth from Ravi. Yeah. <laughs> but when Ravi's being interrogated, like it looks really bad for him because just before he was asking. Um, Dale about the dog about yeah, we knew that was going to come back on him yeah mm-hmm. yeah that that was one thing we were really worried about Robbie was that he was going to be charged in an, as an accessory but um yeah he was he was released pretty quickly <laughs> yeah um but yeah Robbie uh Robbie elaborates uh to Liv and Peyton what uh Major has been doing and that Drake's alive and I love I love when uh Liv just takes Robbie's wine glass out of his hand Pounds it and is just like, let's stop this zombie apocalypse. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> of course, there's the worry, and I think this has come up before. We've talked about what if, uh, what if we get a zombie in prison? He's not going to have access to brains. He's going, and we thought maybe Blaine. This would be Blaine in prison. You know, eventually mm-hmm. he's going to get busted for being the chaos killer or whatever, um, or meet cute murders, and he's going to end up being put in prison and then cause a zombie apocalypse. But no, this it, it turns out it's this is it's major. So, um, so yeah, Robbie, <laughs> I love the, uh, the next one I wanted to talk about was Robbie going to visit major and getting those, uh, directions to the storage <laughs> unit. <laughs> yeah. It, it's in, uh, it's, talking code. Yeah. It's in frozen, the frozen town or on the, on the edge of the river, in the water, in the water, water t- town, yeah. <laughs> water world, water world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on 15th uh the level the 15th level <laughs> hilarious um but then we see that uh the zombies are missing uh. oh god i know that's when my my heart just stopped like where are they mm-hmm. who knows about this i i could i would have i called this you know in the last episode janko says he's got a storage he's got a storage shed or whatever so, uh, so obviously they're gonna grab those zombies out of there and this was a little weird. I'm not sure if something was uh, cut out of this episode, but right here, Liv, Liv goes is is clearly upset because her boyfriend could probably is probably dead. You know, Max Rager is is was tasking Major to eliminate the zombies. So what do they do when they find a cache of frozen zombies? Eliminate them. Um, she doesn't think that they're working on a cure or anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So she asks Robbie. She's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna need some alone time." So I don't know if Robbie takes the car and drives off and leaves Liv there, <laughs> or or Robbie catches a bus and <laughs> leaves Liv with the car. 
Um, but we're kind of left with live there. And it's like, I thought she's, I thought the next scene we'd see like her walking in the front door, Max Rager pissed, you know, but really we don't even see her again until, um, we go, go back to shady plots and, uh, Blaine is smuggling brains to live in Ravi and live dips into the brains. But I, it was such a weird thing. I wonder if they did, um, take a scene out or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a different order. Anyway. Um, so yeah, the, there is that weird thing. I mean, we're still dealing with the amnesia, amnesia Blaine, uh, plots. And I'm not sure if I'm entirely satisfied with how that plot ends at the end of this story. But, um, at this point, you know, he still, uh, thinks Donnie is his boss and Donnie won't give live any brains without signing up for the, the zombie brain plan or whatever. It's $25,000. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was just everywhere Liv went, like it was a dead end. Mm -hmm. Like, like every plan she had uh, was just messed up. Mm -hmm. And just it gets worse and worse. I mean, yeah. we have to get major the we have to get major those brains, or he's and he's just looking worse and worse and worse. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about every single thing because we'll hear feedback. But uh, let's skip to when uh, Major is released on bail, and Jenko is there to take him out like the penguin. <laughs> He's got the little stiletto blade in his umbrella. <laughs> yeah, and Ravi is at the bottom of the stairs holding a milkshake of brains. Yeah. And, and Liv is, is walking Major down the street. We're almost there. We're almost there. And you're thinking, can she get him down the stairs yeah. to the shake before Janko shoots him, stabs, stabs him? Stabs him, I think, that, yeah. Whatever that umbrella was. And and then Clive just steps in and arrests him for the mute. Meet cute murders right. because there was a guy in jail who wanted to uh, to uh, plea to uh, work out a deal that if he uh, testified against Major, that he would, I guess, get out of prison. Mm -hmm. And I looked it so up; he, it's the same actor too. He was in last season. Yeah, he was the guy selling Major realize. guns out of his trunk. <laughs> And one hand grenade. And one hand grenade, right. <laughs> and meanwhile, you know, and, and it's funny because this is when uh, Dale's case is uh, getting, uh, starting to look a little shaky because, well, actually, that, that comes a little later. But, yeah, she gets this unreliable witness who looks like she was just trying to get out of doing her homework by uh, <laughs> pretending to be scared of uh, that she saw a body. Very strange uh, circumstance. But, uh yeah, that those that courthouse steps uh, scene was uh, pretty intense. I I thought it, I was like, why is Janko just trying to stab Major? And then I'm like, oh yeah, he doesn't know that he's a zombie. <laughs> um, and then just thinking, okay, so Janko's going to stab him, and there's going to be a scuffle, and Major is just going to lose it right there in front of all the cameras on the courthouse steps. Right, because he's so close, so like he's close. looking. He's yeah, getting worse and worse. And as that you know that it's just going to take a little bit of irritation mm -hmm. for the zombie to come out. Yeah, exactly. And just like I don't know if he starts like grabbing the nearest reporter and sinking his teeth mm -hmm. into. Uh. Um, but yeah, he's just about to get released on bail for the chaos killer thing, and then he gets arrested for the meat cute murders. I just love how all the chickens have come home to roost in this episode. It's just like. 
all the stuff we've been worried about, like how are they going to get their way out of this? And uh, it, it it all hits at once in this episode. It's master master storytelling, I think, uh, from um, our uh, folks at iZombie. John, Jen, John M. Baum, of course, wrote this episode, but I'm sure like, you know, all the writers dipped their fingers into these last two. Anyway, uh, so uh, in the interrogation room, Bl- Brant says that Major looks like Dale Duck Dump. <laughs> <laughs> which he does but it's great it, um it brings back some stuff and we not only get this call back to the gun dealer of course this is a, just one witness that's out there but holy crap they found uh major's dna at the scene his urine which he peed on the floor to make uh that's right to make i think it was was it julian or maybe it was i think it was a different zombies slip on the floor mm-hmm. and then it you know and he's like all right we found your DNA. We know this guy sold you guns and you have a motive. You were in charge of these um, homeless kids. And uh, one of these kids was found in that freezer with a missing brain. So this is, and of course, you know, <clears throat> Major was trying to convince before he was in on the whole uh, Team Z thing. Major was trying to convince Clive, hey, this guy's like stealing brains, this Julian guy. Um, he found brains in his car, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, so Clive is like, this is some sort of like brain cult, you know? Because didn't Clive find find brains in Suzuki's yeah. refrigerator? So Suzuki was somehow involved with Meet Cute and involved with his brain cult too, I guess so you could you could call, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I just loved how I'm like, oh my god, how are they gonna? Holy cow! Just this. The suspense in this this episode was just piling on and on and on. It's so good though. It wasn't it wasn't exhausting. It was like I just kept looking at my wife and just like, oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. Now is this the part where Liv is making the chocolate bars? Well, um, I mean, I did want to discuss uh, first what leads her to do that, which is um, she goes and visits Major in jail, and he actually asks her for the cure, and he's like. And and this is another point where I was like, oh man, you know, because he's like, you're going to lose me one way or the other. And uh-huh. I, I mean, I, I was kind of keeping an eye on Twitter here and there during the finale, and I did see somebody tweet like, oh man, I think this is, I think this is Major's last episode. And I was, I was thinking, I think they're making a big mistake by killing off this awesome character, but how is he going to get out of this? <laughs> Um, and then I'm like, then I was thinking that, uh, maybe, you know, he'd get cured and he'd lose his mind and then we'd have two amnesiacs and I wasn't sure what to think about that. Yeah. But yeah, this is one too many amnesiacs. (laughs) Yeah. So this is when, um, this is when Liv makes those protein bars. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's pretty genius. Ingenious. Yeah. You know, I mean, because it makes so much sense. Just give him his protein bars he's used to. He'll feel better. And, you know, they were counting on uh, Sleazy Brant Stone uh, being able to um, persuade him using Peyton's Feminine Wiles to pass his protein bar on to Major, but they weren't betting on how dumb he was that he was, or just how <laughs> careless he was that he was just like, whatever, I'll feed it to my dog. And uh, I got you another one. I forget if it was nuts in it or not. So I got you. I don't want to get sued, you know. <laughs> but I did love his quote, quid pro quo, Bernice, <laughs> to uh, Peyton. <laughs> uh, Bernice. Bernice. What is it? Remember he said Bernice and she said, uh, you know, it's, it's Clarice. <laughs> 
Silence of the Lambs. So, uh, now that the protein bar uh, solution is off the table, there's no other way. Uh, she's not going to give him the cure. She can't get him brains. So she's got to get him out of there. So there's only one more choice. And oh my God, Clive's apartment. <laughs> uh, he has got an amazing apartment. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's, 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 Oh, how these apartments are so nice. Oh, this is the first time we ever saw that. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we saw Dale's house. Oh yeah, yeah. Dale's got a ho- was re- renting a house. I'm assuming, probably. Mm. But uh, yeah, Clive's living in style for a vice cop that got thrown off the vice of the vice force and is now working in homicide at the bottom of the uh, bottom of the totem pole, or whatever. But yeah, oh my god. Besides that, this scene. <laughs> um, I actually broke it down because I. I, I just cannot believe this all came out. Like first she says that major is responsible for the meat cute and the chaos killing. Um, and then she says major is a zombie who will lose it. If we don't give him brains, uh, runaways where the victims in the brain selling network, like she tells him everything. Like, and then she goes into, I'm a zombie too. I was scratched at the boat party. I eat brains in the morgue. I feel their personalities experience their memories. And I'm just sitting there like, Whoa, this is happening. This is really <laughs> happening. And of course, this is not how I thought it would happen. Really? What, yeah. what were you thinking? Do you thinking? Oh, I don't know. Like he'd find no out idea, or something? Yeah, just that he would put two and two together mm-hmm. until he figured it out. But he doesn't believe it. She has. She's forced to show him exactly. You know, without a. You know, for he would have, have no doubt that he would really understand that she was a zombie. Now I got. I found this awesome uh, interview with Malcolm Goodwin that I couldn't help but write down a few quotes from him. And one of them is about that reaction. He says, um, that's just what his reaction would be. Clive knows zombies as being walking dead zombies or World War Z zombies. He doesn't know them as functioning people who solve crimes. He doesn't know zombies could be that. She had to go to an extreme and stab herself, and that did a trick. That was fun to play. There were so many different reactions that we gave in that scene, um, different performances that uh, Rose gave. And... um, um, yeah, and it's going to be fun to explore how that changes him. So I cannot stress enough how huge <laughs> that scene was to me. It was just so, I yeah. could not believe that. I was, like, we finally, we have finally, and it's something that can't be undone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's that's one thing we've been told over and over again by people like Rob Thomas, other other people on the show, like, once Clive knows you know, we're going to lose a certain part of the show that is not going to come back. Um, of course, unless he takes a cure or something and loses his mind, <laughs> which I was in the back of my mind. I was like, that freaking cure, man, it's going to take somebody's, some, some, some other person's brain out. And, uh, I hope it's like Vaughn or somebody, but fortunately it doesn't happen at all. <laughs> I don't like that cure. <laughs> um, but Malcolm, uh, said he was uh, teased by Rob Thomas in episode five or six of the season that eventually Clive is going to have to choose between Liv and Dale. And he didn't have any idea what they were planning until he actually read the script for this episode. He had no idea. Hmm. (laughs) All this time they've been like, you know, defending, like, listen, we have to have somebody not, not know about zombies on the show. Somebody on, and and it causes that kind of friction in the storyline. It causes that, um, you know, conflict. Conflict. Uh, 
an antagonist that doesn't mean to be an antagonist. He's just a regular person and he, he doesn't know about zombies. So you got to work your way around him. But, uh, so it's funny. I've read so many interviews about that and thought to myself, like, you're right. You're right. Rob Thomas. It's, it's gonna, it would, it would alter the show really, uh, crazily. But now that it's happened, I'm like, Oh hell yeah. It's altered the show. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anything else you want to say about that actual scene in particular? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, when she stabs herself, that was just hardcore. That was crazy. And, and it just, just the look on Clive's face as that's happening. He's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, and, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the desperation of Liv, that, this is her last resort. She yeah. has, you know, she couldn't do anything else. She had to tell him. She didn't want to, but this is what it took for her to have to tell him. This is one of those. Ep- this is one of those scenes in an episode of I Zombie, uh, or in an episode uh, of of TV, even where I'm like, I have to pinch myself and be like, Oh hell yeah, I have a podcast about this show. I can't wait to talk about this. Talk about this Ooh. on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, moving on. Um, where uh, it, it goes pretty quick from there. We cut right to outside the jail and live meeting Major with a hug and a brain smoothie. And uh, that was sweet. And uh, it goes straight to the the con- um, con- con- consequences. There's a word there. Consequences of, <laughs> of Clive's action. Like when, when Basio shows up and says, uh, I mean, Clive literally went to Brantstone and told him that Basio had a bad witness. And then he, it's, it sounds like he tampered with the DNA evidence uh, for the meat-cute murders. And, of course, a guy trying to get out of jail is pretty unreliable as well. So he really, just in a couple hours, uh, just causes this case, both cases, to completely uh, fall apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, Basio says, like... <laughs> Like he's he screwed his career up and his chances of getting in the FBI and and screwed the relationship too just blew it all up and uh, yeah I just just thinking to myself like it's so crazy that this one unreliable witness and evidence tampering can bring down two huge cases it's I'm not I'm not like a law expert but <laughs> I mean. All this, all the- but Clive is Clive is you know he has such a strong moral compass and he is for justice and what's right. Yeah, and he will sacrifice his relationship for what is right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm. I totally believe why Clive would do this, and you know, even as he explains it um, later to Major, I mean, it, it's just it wasn't even that. It was just. He doesn't want to. This is the, the zombies are real, and Major is going to flip out and turn an entire prison full of people into zombies. Um, that's that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just crazy how that got thrown on his shoulders, and within like you know an, a, a, a night, he turns every, he just blows both cases up. And um, but it's just like I was just thinking like, wow, the physical evidence they found in in Major and Ravi's house, the the body bags the list of people that were missing and how they were crossed off one after the other. <laughs> yeah. The, um, phenylphalene or phenylphalene, whatever. Phenylphalene, uh, yeah. Phenylphalene. Yeah. yeah. Just, wow. I mean, obviously 
after Salv- Salvation Army and the uh, the missing people are freed and everything goes back to normal, that really screws up the Chaos Killer case because there's nobody dead. Um, and then, of course, the police have already put the meet cute case away. He, they already told Clive to drop it. He wasn't even supposed to be investigating this. So they can go back to believing that Suzuki was the hero of uh, meet cute and died in the line of duty. And there was nothing weird about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Bozano is broken up. Steph. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was going to happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way. <laughs> Uh, I didn't think it would be this way. I thought it would just be like, oh, I'm going back to Virginia. Yeah. (laughs) And then he feels like, oh, I can't join you in the FBI. I'm too bound to my friendship with Liv or something like that. Something something where he just chooses uh, Liv over moving on. Yeah, his job or his... Yeah. yeah, integrity or uh, over just a girlfriend or whatever. But it is sad that, you know, they were Wonder Twin Powers Activate earlier in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're totally on the same wave. And now Clive is on a completely different... He's on Team Z now. So uh, what's going on with Dale is unfortunately not his reality anymore. And uh, I don't know. I guess you. the next thing you do, you either... You either let her go, or you, uh, or you tell her everything about Team Z, and uh, then you run the risk, of course, her revealing zombies to the rest of the world, and we don't want that. So, um, Malcolm has another quote here. He said about the scene, the shooting, the scene with uh, Basio, uh, with Jessica Harmon. She said he says. Uh, that day was a very, very emotional day because the day started with the scene between Dale and I in Clive's place, and I'd never seen Clive's home before. It was everyone's first time, like, oh, wow, look at his digs. He's got some style. So mm-hmm. so Jessica and I, were we were crying half the day. There were some takes done without tears in our breakup scene, and then there were takes done with so many tears. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So, uh, rest in peace, ba- uh, ba- uh, Bozano. Um, <laughs> we miss you. We miss. Uh, I'm glad that they didn't kill Bozio off. I hope she comes back. She's a busy girl, though. She's on the 100, so. <clears throat> oh, she's still on the 100? Yeah, yeah. I saw her live tweeting it the other night, and I was like, oh, don't tell me what happens. I already know way too much of things that have happened. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. Um... Okay, the next thing I have that I wanted to talk about before we get to the end of Deadbeat was what happens in the end with uh, the morgue and Janko showing up. What, what did you think about all that? You remember when Janko uh, is there to ambush Liv? And- oh, when she's on the phone yeah. with Ravi. Wait a minute. Okay, when does the uh, other... Uh- when do they lose the morgue and somebody else takes over? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, earlier... Did we skip that? Yeah, I kind of skipped past. It wasn't very important. I figured... Okay. Because, well, okay, so Liv comes into the morgue and she's so excited to be back. Right. She's so happy. And she's... Is this a drummer brain? She's got drummer brain? <laughs> yes. Okay. So we do have a brain this week. It's drummer brain, but no case, actually. Right, exactly. So, yeah, and so she's so happy to be back in the morgue. And Robbie is outside getting breakfast. Mm-hmm. Bagels. And then Jacob... Bagels. Mm-hmm. Bagels. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, and so... 
So Robbie rescued her. Yeah, yeah. I was really worried that um, he he'd be like, well, where did she go? And luckily he saw the yeah. broken glass and discovers that uh, she, he had taken her out in a body bag and ends up knocking uh, Janko out for a, for a moment, I guess, with the fire extinguisher. Um, and then there's, you know, she, he gives Liv the, uh, he revives her with the EpiPen, but, uh, then Janko is behind Robbie about to give him what it turns out to be a fatal dose. Um, he had that thing jacked right up and then he, then Liv blocks it and gets knocked out again. <laughs> And then, yeah, Robbie has a straight-up brawl with uh, Janko. Gets thrown right into a metal shelf. That looks very painful. <laughs> um, but uh, then he and Janko have this classic, uh, the classic rolling on the floor with the gun. But the, it's not, it's not a gun this time. It's the, it's the tranquilizer. And uh, yeah, Janko gets gets killed. Robbie kills somebody. <laughs> and it was so kind of jarring that. It goes from like shaky teacup. I can't believe I killed somebody to live being like it was self defense, and we need this brain to help find Drake. So cut to <laughs> the, the the yummy bagel with a little bit of brain spread on it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but Robbie would shake it with that drink of the tea. Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, I, so, I, if, I, so English. Yes, I feel terrible for him, you know, and that is another like, um, you know, if we got like that's those three, 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 yeah, three extra episodes that we would have gotten if we got the whole back nine episode, Uh we would have been able to, I think, indulge more in, oh my gosh, Robbie killed somebody. What is this? What, you know, how is this going to mess him up? But there's no time to wait because it's, uh, Bagel, bagel with brain spread, and boom, we know that Drake is uh, being held at Max Rager. So that's really it for Deadbeat. Uh, uh, an amazing episode on its own. I would have loved to just dedicate one podcast to it and really dig into it. Uh, but let's get into Salvation Army, shall we? Okay. <laughs> and the first thing I really have is, again, talking about um, Clive just still reaching out, trying to get a hold of Basio, and I have another Malcolm Goodwin quote. He says, um, and I think this is the, I think this is it for my Malcolm Goodwin quotes. <laughs> um, he did a great interview, and I, I did post it. I, I, I do believe. Um, uh, he he says, I think there's still hope for them. It's about whether or not Clive can tell her the truth, whether he's going to do what Liv did and keep her in the dark because they did start the episode with him still reaching out to her. I don't think that's going to stop, but also he could stop calling her in order to protect her. He doesn't want her to be exposed and potentially get hurt. So he may try to keep his distance, but I love the fact that there's options open here and that she's still out in the world and there's still a chance for them to possibly be back together. We love Jessica. What she did with that character was incredible. Hopefully she comes back. So yeah, yeah. hopefully. Uh, so yeah, moving on from that. Uh, so Mr. Boss has got a hit out on Donnie and chief and, uh, and then we're, um, we're back at Liv's place before our title credits and, uh, Robbie and Peyton, Robbie and Peyton. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I had a feeling that it was that they would get back together yep. uh, or, you know, re- reunite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we're not uh, is the right. Yeah, did they actually you know? like? No, they were they were going to go on their Vertigo date last year, and then that didn't happen because uh, of uh, you know 
Peyton finding out that Liv's a zombie and everybody's been lying to her. Um, and then she came back and they decided to be friends. So they never actually went to, well, <laughs> the bedroom together. <laughs> uh, best part of the scene, though, Major and Liv walking in and Major going, sup? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect delivery, Robert Buckley. Uh, just, just a look at his face. It's like... He's so happy for them. He's so happy this is happening, yeah. you know? And so is Liv, but, I mean, just Major just up. I almost felt like opening the podcast with that one word, but <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if everybody would get it. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, Donnie and Chief, they have a hit out on them, and uh, Kenny and uh, the big guy, Howard, uh, show up during uh, their jam session, and uh, we get our first person down, uh... Our our good our good buddy Chief is is dead. Andre Chikatu, I think I pronounced his name right. Played Chief, um, uh, and we're gonna miss him. Yeah, he was a funny character. Like that character was unusual because he didn't speak. But I mean, there were some good jokes, mm-hmm. and he was very he was interesting. He was interesting. Yeah. interesting character. I love that he was just like, I don't know, like we thought he was dead the first time because of Angus, but then he actually returns with the missing eye and uh, with uh, Angus's henchman's head. <laughs> and then, you know, he's got all these jokes with the phone. Uh, I love that that's what she said, text message that he sends the yeah. <laughs> He's too slow. Everybody yeah. needs. Yeah, like I know, Chief. Um but yeah, Donnie here uh, swears that uh, Blaine is alive, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" We slit his throat, and then Blaine walks in and immediately like drops the food and runs. And Howard chases after him. And here's a a, a crazy part that happens. Kenny, it looks like Kenny's never even killed anybody before. He's got this like shaky gun pointed at Donnie, and Donnie's like, "Listen, if you're gonna do it, shoot me in the head." Uh, you know, just like Chief, just shoot me right in the head. And uh, and he doesn't. He shoots him. He, like, shakes and he shoots him in the belly and leaves him on the floor bleeding. They shot Chief, but why was it so hard for, for him to shoot Donnie? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Chief was just, like, like such a scary present. Like, we're going to put him down quick. Maybe, maybe Howard, the other guy, killed him. Um, I assumed Kenny, since he was in the lead coming down the stairs, that he killed Chief. Just maybe Chief was scarier and, like, he shot him right in the head really quick. Yeah, like a reaction. Yeah. But when he's got Donnie, like, pleading for his life and then saying, okay, fine, just kill me, shoot me in the head, you know, that's more of a personal kill, you know, a face-to-face kill. But um, I I love the shout-out here. I don't know if it was a shout-out or just, like, a funny little reference, but when they go back to tell Mr. Boss about that Blaine's alive. He's like, this is Seattle, not Sleepy Hollow. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Which is funny because, oh gosh, I heard about that finale and wow. I won't say anything, but wow. Uh, (laughs) Wow, that show's still on. That show is still on, yeah. (laughs) yeah. Um, So this is another great moment. We are morgue scene where um, um, Major comes in and Here's Clive, and Clive's on Team Z now, and he knows all about Major, and yet there's still some sort of, like, apprehension between the two of them. Major's trying to be like, listen, you know, now you understand we can be friends now, and let's shake hands. But Clive's still got, like, he's still not totally trusting. He's He does the be like Private Ryan, earn this, <laughs> you know? So... 
I thought that was cool. I think we have a budding bromance in the works. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just want to see Major and uh, Ravi and Clive just hanging out, um, playing video games, or maybe yeah. maybe at some sort of sports ball game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, here, uh, we get the whole thing about the Max Rager party is happening. It's prison-themed, and Clive's like, white people. Uh <laughs> Because Max Rager, like maximum security, ha ha. Um, but still, Clive has got these boundaries that I think we're gonna have it. We're gonna have a problem with. I'm gonna put a problem with in quotes because I think you do need that person to be like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> Let's not just like hack people's hands off willy nilly. Uh, <laughs> but by then, yeah, because yeah. right, because we had to have. Because at some points I was thinking, oh my gosh, Clive is okay with this. How is Clive okay with this? Right, and he's, How, he's not. Yeah, he's got to have some kind of wrestling with, you know, considering the the you know right and wrong of all of everything. Yeah, and you know, just following what happens with Janko to begin with. I mean, this is like I, probably the quickest death to brain eating we've had on iZombie yet. I thought. It was a little like, wow, holy! They went right to right for his brain. They they ate his brain, but I guess they desperately needed to get to save Drake and the rest of the um, chaos killer frozen zombies <laughs> and see if they're alive yeah. or whatever. Um, but uh, so I'm I'm assuming if Clive was in the room during that whole thing, he might have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like I I'm not sure how quick he's going to be. Like, okay, go eat them brains. <laughs> you know, let's solve the case together. We'll see how it goes in season three, but. Um, so yeah, let's, they don't take Janko's hand because Major's got this connection with a guy he trained, Dr. Wyatt, who, um, might be able to help him make it out, get, get in there. And, uh, how are you going to go? Well, uh, we're going to have like 20 near and vulnerable zombies to back us up. We'll be fine. Uh, and Clive again, he's like, no warrant. We, we, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to help you out with this one. And I love what they said. that like, don't worry. It's, it's a zombie thing. <laughs> Which again might cause them problems in the future. Like, oh, it's a zombie thing, but I'm 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 the one that's got to follow the law here and can't let you get away with this. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, next thing I had noted here is uh, Vaughn talking to Rita. We finally see Rita again, and uh, he says the company the company uh, uh, Vivian Stoll, I think her name is. Uh, she's in charge of Fillmore Graves Enterprises. <laughs> <laughs> which when he says it out loud i'm like is he just joking like because that's a perfectly punny name a la i zombie but maybe he's making a joke because he's von de clark and he says strange stuff every once in a while but he's like yeah i just sold everything to them and now i'm gonna focus on you and i love how she comes back with yet you couldn't hold an elevator door open for three seconds Aww. It's like one day we'll laugh about this. Remember that whole crazy secret basement thing? <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'm so glad they kind of got one more scene with them talking before everything goes to hell later. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just shows how evil he's. So evil. So evil. And oh man, his next scene with with Rita, it's even worse. It's he. It's like yeah, he needs to die. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, uh, I was immediately reminded of another uh, zombie finale um, when we go to the next scene with Drake comforting people. 
and it looks like uh, these frozen zombie people have been ex- are being experimented on. They're taking them out one by one and um, trying out a version of the cure on them. And unfortunately, they just keep coming back like full Romero. So this tattooed guy, this tattooed guard, he's like, who's next? And then he starts doing the Amy, Mimi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, Dr- so Drake decides he's a hero. Yeah. He's going to, you know, he's going to sacrifice himself. Yep. Instead of anybody else. And, uh, yeah, that's just, that's a great thing. And, I, I, again, the Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo reminded reminding me of uh, what happened on The Walking Dead and how, I'm sorry, but that finale. Our finale just wiped the floor with The Walking Dead finale. <laughs> See, I don't, uh, okay, tangent. I don't understand why everybody is so upset. It's not like Walking Dead is consistently exciting and you know, fast paced. <laughs> I mean, you have these episodes that are very slow and, you know, I, I don't know what people are expecting. You're right. I mean, this, our show, our, our zombie show, our show wipes the floor never drags. Every week. Never. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> but it was just so funny. I mean, honestly, if this, if I knew this was filmed after last Sunday, I would have been like, Oh, they're totally making a crack at that Walking Dead finale by doing Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. Are you kidding me? Uh, I don't think. No. I don't think they care. No. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's a, not a competition. Yeah, No, totally. It's a totally different show, totally different night. Uh, yeah. And uh, to- this is ours is a totally better show. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. Uh, Drake sacrifices himself. So. Uh, what'd you think about this whole party? I mean, they got, uh, I, I love, I love that. Um, oh wait, I'm asking you a question. I'll let you answer the question and then I'll go on talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go ahead. What'd you think about, about the party, the setup, what it looked like? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, you know, prison theme and the guards. I mean, it was just a gr- It was, I think it was brilliant. Yeah. So our heroes could sneak in undetected, but Vonda Clark has, you know, secret uh, security hidden yeah. also. It was pretty and And the 80s music. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved that. Uh, I think, like, my blood started, like, boiling. Not boiling, but what am I just saying? Uh, like, I just started to get, like, all right, let's do this. Because they started playing um, Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak during the party. And, you know, of course, uh-huh. Jailbreak, it's very appropriate that they play that song. But uh, I was like, yeah, all right. This is, look at this, look at this set. This is going to be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did like that Major and Liv had to sneak in as caterers because, uh, hello, party down. Uh, (laughs) As a matter of fact, Vonda Clark does say later yet, later, are we having fun yet? Which is uh, Adam Scott's line, party down. Um, So, yeah, they're looking for Dr. Wyatt and... uh, they uh, they spot the tattooed guard and uh, Major says, "Yeah, that guy's a total was a total dick in the gym." And of course, later on in the episode, um, he's the one that gets his arm lopped off. But also, like in rewatch, I was uh, they said that uh, Natalie, uh, Major zombie hooker friend, <laughs> yeah, uh, who he was supposed to he was supposed to be there when she woke up and he wasn't. Um, uh, the last anybody saw of Natalie, she was being taken away by him. So I'm wondering what the hell. Um, uh, so I guess that's a season three unanswered question. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that eventually. 
Um, I'm almost thinking like, yeah, maybe that actress was busy <laughs> for not, not being on this episode, but anyway. Um, so, so major and Liv are on soldier brain. Now they're on Janko brain. They had, they had Janko Rancheros to do this. <laughs> and, uh, I just love, um, you know, they're proficient with their weapons. I love Liv's line here in this scene. She's like, should have taken the damn hand. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, Clive doesn't get his 10 o'clock call like he was supposed to, because the gates are going to lock up at 10 o'clock. So uh, he comes down and talks to his poor security guard uh, slash bouncer. I don't know. He's he's obviously doesn't work for law enforcement, and uh, uh, he's trying to talk his way through the gate, saying well, I'm, I'm with the police or whatever. And then Rob Thomas shows up <laughs> and gets <laughs> let right in. And I love that you know, guys like uh, Clive's like just I'm with the band, and uh, and the guards like don't don't tell Vaughn I let you in. Say it was Rob Thomas. You won't believe the crap that guy gets away with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole time, I'm like, which Rob Thomas are we talking about? <laughs> uh, so I love how Clive's looking for Liv and Major dressed up there, and and he walks up to one of the guys and he's like, Major, and the guy's like, Art history. That's why I'm working here, <laughs> you know, because college major. Oh, uh, <laughs> I must have missed that. Yeah, yeah, it was a quick little thing. Um, Vaughn trying to figure out what Vivian's going to be doing with Max Rager, and she's not telling him anything. But, uh, yeah, Vaughn introduces Rob Thomas. This is great. He's, I love how he's like, the music is written, his music's ripped from the headlines of my soul. And if real world <laughs> isn't on your cardio playlist, I don't want to know you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rob Thomas plays the song uh, This Is How a Heart Breaks Do you know that? Did you know that song before this episode? I really did it Yeah, I think so oh, Okay, like I'm I'm so glad they hit on um, Unwell at the end of the episode Because I, I, I think I'm more familiar With Rob Thomas's Matchbox 20 work Than his, uh, his yeah. solo work So yeah, I'm a lot more familiar with Rob Thomas After, uh, after this week I've listened to a good amount of it <laughs> So this next scene, uh, the stairwell scene, okay, this, I, I thought my brain exploded with the uh, the reveal to Clive in the previous hour, but when I see these four scientists be like, hey, I, I've got this utopian we found off of uh, <laughs> these zombies that, were, that we recovered from the boat party, and I hear this stuff is great, and let's pound it with the... A, a can of uh, Supermax, and they're all like Supermax, and 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 uh, and then of course uh, Doctor Wyatt immediately turns to a zombie with uh, the rest of them. So uh, yeah, uh, and I don't know if anybody has listened to or Steph, if you've heard my interview with Natalie Farrow, she played Ginger, one of the other scientists in the scene. Uh, she's really nice, and uh, I was so glad she was able to stop by and give us a kind of a. Uh, um, a, a, an actor on the scene, you know, watching this uh, craziness get created. <laughs> this awesome episode, you know. Um, but uh, also, Dr. Wyatt's played by Chad Krauchuk, who was... I thought he looked so familiar. Then I realized, I looked up an IMDb, and he was in Man of Steel and uh, Batman vs. Superman. So... <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know if you remember Man of Steel. I think he shows up in like a news spot in Batman vs. Superman, but I don't know if you saw Man of Steel, but 
Um, to those who have, um, he is the blogger that Lois Lane leaks the Superman story to when Perry White won't take it. So he had a scene with uh, Amy Adams. I was like, I kept on thinking Amy Ryan, Amy Ryan. No, not Amy Ryan. Amy Adams. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I nearly jumped off the couch when this all happened. I, I, I could not believe, I was like, oh my God, it's the boat party all over again. This, this freaking finale is paying off in aces. This is, uh, just, just amazing. <laughs> what did you think? Yeah, uh, that's, I was like, oh crap, it's starting. Like, this is good. This is going, you know, it's going to, it's going to be bad. Yeah. And when I say this is going to be bad, this is, I, this is going to be entertaining to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be bad for those involved. It's going to be entertaining for the viewer. Yeah. I, I, I remember watching the uh, previews for the finale and seeing that we'd have some pretty, we'd have some crazy zombie stuff happen. And <clears throat> because, because the Max Rager party is, has a prison theme to it. I thought these were scenes being shot in an actual prison. It was because Major was being brought to prison. Uh, and that ma- Major would uh, cause the zombie apocalypse. I was totally misled by the uh, the next time on. So, <laughs> um, so as this is going on in the stairwell, uh, I think it's uh, down a couple of flights. Clive is finding Liv and Major. And I just love this scene where he's like, you didn't tell me the dude from Matchbox 20 would be here. I might have come. <laughs> Yeah. I would have been on board. <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, here's uh, here's my. La- I think this is my last Malcolm Goodwin uh, thing. He said that he saw. He said in his interview that um, when Rob was performing, he was actually in the crowd, like singing along with the song. <laughs> which uh, I guess, like Rob came up to him after and said, it surprised him that he knew the words to his song. He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, through that scene, I'm like, I'm wondering if, uh, if, if Dr. White is, and the other zombies are a couple flights up or a couple flights down. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we had to have this face off with Vaughn DeClark and his team of riot guards. And he's like, we'll use them for parts. And then just the zombies out of nowhere. <laughs> um, I believe I, I mentioned on the, on the interview with Natalie Farrow that, um, the stunt woman playing her character like leapt on this dude's back like a spider monkey and like spun him around like crazy. So that was really awesome. And yeah, it's like Clive just found out about zombies and suddenly he's in freaking Dawn of the Dead, like the remake where they're all running. <laughs> he's in- yeah, it must be quite a shock. <laughs> yeah. And and we also got this perfect Buffy esque scene um, as we then go into the party room and Rob Thomas is performing and then he notices this zombie fight break out in the back of the room and he's just like and he goes what the hell <laughs> like completely mystified by what's going on and it just brought me back to Buffy and they'd have people playing the bronze. And I, I specifically thought about Amy Mann uh, performing in sleeper sleeper, the episode sleeper. And, and she goes, man, I hate playing vampire towns. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was different. You know, like Amy, it seemed like Amy, Amy Mann knew about vampires and in this show, you can't have, you know, nobody but team Z really know about zombies. So Rob Thomas was completely clueless and uh, yeah. Rest in peace, Rob Thomas. Uh, <laughs> this is how his skull breaks. <laughs> 
I also love how, like, through this entire battle, like, Clive's learning about different kinds. Like, this is the the red-eyed raging type. And then down in the lower labs, he's, like, learning about the Romeros. And who are these? Like, what's going on with them? And it's, like, these are zombies, but yet they're not like us. You're not going to turn it and whatever. So, um, gosh, I have so much stuff I don't want to, like... Uh, I should skip through a little bit. Uh, well, what do you? Th- what did you think about? Um, <clears throat> we don't really have to talk too much about it, but uh, Blaine or Peyton getting kidnapped and uh, Ravi getting knocked out, and then he and Blaine having to go rescue Peyton, and then Blaine ends up rescuing Peyton. What did you think? Yeah, about the, all that? the hero. Peyton is going to be torn. Yeah, because I mean that was pretty heroic. Uh, Blaine mm-hmm. rescued her with the night vision goggles. Yeah, yeah. It was funny about the night vision goggles. Like Ravi just is, calls out when they find it. And by the way, Donnie Donnie's body was suspiciously missing when they go and get those guns. Um, Ravi says, "Hey, don't don't talk about whether or not I know know how to do, do my thing. I, like I was a, I'm the squad leader on my Call of Duty World Lead Challenge Division team." <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, Ravi, you're huge into Call of Duty and you can't identify obvious night vision goggles because they're like, they're both like, what are these? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Blaine ends up um, saving the day. Ravi like gets his nerve up finally to run in there with the gun and help out. But, you know, Blaine, instead of waiting for Ravi, once goes in and rescues Peyton herself. And I, I just, it was so curious to me how well he handles himself in that scene like he goes in night vision goggles guns ablazing takes out these guys and no problems and and rescues Peyton and you know how that pays into his amnesia and all that I just I really wish we had something something seems to be missing yeah I really wish we had more of a payoff with the amnesia thing and and more Mm -hmm. of an explanation of how much does he know what does he know like I just don't get it, really. Um, they like Ravi. I think said something about like he knows as much as he d- did before the cure, or something like that. I'm not sure. So I, I just kind of wish there was more of a more of a payoff to that. Um, oh man, I do have another Malcolm quote. <laughs> this one was about um, how. Um, Clive and Liv and Major are trapped in the DJ booth and Liv, uh, another like earth shattering finale thing like Clive not only knows about zombies now and is learning all about these different kinds of zombies but now Liv is offering to turn Clive into a zombie so the zombies don't kill him (laughs) yeah because he's like I've got one bullet I'm saving for myself and they're like no you have another choice here yeah it, well, it was kind of like the situation in the season one finale when um, when um, Major was dying, so the only yeah. only thing Liv could do was to turn him to a zombie. Right. So that's what uh, that's what that's her go to thing. If Clive, you know, was in trouble because the zombies weren't chasing them, they were only after the you know his brain. Then that's all she needed to do. And that's such a terrific choice to chomp on and just discussing this show. And it's just like, Liv has a way to save people's lives, but yet it ruins their lives forever. <laughs> like, they're mm-hmm. never going to be normal again, and they're going to be eating brains. Ew. Um, but my quote from Malcolm here is... Um, 
We always make the joke on set that being a zombie would cramp his style because he wouldn't really wear the zombie look, the pale look, as well as Major or Liv. Oh Clive would probably look a little ashy and need a lot of o- lotion. And that's the joke we always make about Clive. Clive wouldn't. <laughs> Clive is like, uh-uh, no way I'm doing that. He's that metro and that particular about his style. And that's based on what he knows thus far. Who knows? Once he becomes more ingratiated in what's going on and gets close, um, if he's a part of finding the cure and containing this entire thing, if he has to turn for the sake of mankind to save the human race, it has to be for that. But he would never, ever do it for his own survival. And that's consistent to his own personality. It would have to be something bigger than him. So, yeah, I totally... I love how Malcolm knows Clive Babineau. It's great. And it does sound like a lot like Clive... Anyway, so um, they get rescued from that whole DJ Booth thing by Vivian Soul, Fillmore Grave Enterprises. (laughs) Clive Babineau, Seattle PD. Here's Liv Moore from the medical examiner's office. Major Lillywhite, personal trainer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, we we got our very first little clue here on – about Vivian because she says that she's the new owner um, and she's going to go for help. And then she hands over some weapons to uh, Major and Clive and she's like, and she goes, I'll be fine. You know, because when you rewatch, you're like, yeah, of course, because if she's a zombie, nobody's going to be, none of the zombies are going to go after her. So I love the, uh, the little elevator scene here. We have Captain and Tennille's love will keep us together playing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and yeah another great uh clive reaction when he sees the romeros for the first time he actually says holy mother of <laughs> um but then they find rita i love i love this whole thing hey Rumi, we're all in the same crowd. Oh, yeah. we've all seen major naked <laughs> <laughs> clive's like i haven't seen um eight six seven five three oh nine is the code <laughs> and um yeah once they um open that uh inner door major and rita get cut off from Liv and clive because vaughn's there and another great quote from him he says a hundred dead employees one dead rob, rob thomas i mean this just looks bad you think twitter is going to be kind <laughs> <laughs> Um, he frees some Romeros. They don't go after Major like he thinks. And, um, yeah, I love this whole thing where he's like, he's so mad at Major because they were bros and Major isn't being his, is not his friend anymore. Uh, Major's been working against him. And then there's Rita, his, his spoiled little daughter is just constantly trying to make it about her where he's lost like a billion dollars tonight. Nobody cares. Just a, a perfect flame out for Vaughn de Clark here in our finale. And uh, I, 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 as soon as that elevator opened, I was like, perfect, perfect. He's going to get killed in that elevator. Mm-hmm. And then um, I love Major's Here's Major. Try not to mention every Just, single thing. Okay, oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, um, yeah, uh, Vaughn gets killed. Um, and I got to give a, give a quick shout out to Steven Weber. You were amazing. That's one of our big bads is gone forever. Steph, what do you think? Um, I'm ready to move. I mean, I think he was a great, uh, antagonist. Mm-hmm. I, he will be missed, but it's time to move on. I can't wait to see what happens next, I guess. Yeah. You know, will Fillmore Graves be 
you know, who knows what that will turn out to be. Right, right. I, I have to say, like, he played such, like, a scary-ass, like, crazy person, but also just hilarious in every season. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, and, you know, it was about how pompous he was and also, uh, you know, his concern about, like, his CEO jokes, you know, and his concern about social media, uh, killing people on social media that cause him problems. Uh, um uh, yeah, I'm going to miss Steven Weber. He was amazing. Um, but then, of course, we have friend of the show, Leanne Lapp, having her final scene here, too, which, oh, like, it was such a cool kill from Major, but man, two, like a bullet in the back of the head for Rita and no more Rita. I was so sad. <laughs> yeah, I was really sad because, you know, I wanted to see her move on and possibly be the the big bad, the big antagonist Yeah, and I, for next season. And we discussed this. I mean, like our feedbacker wrote in and was like talking about uh, how it would be cool if Rita ate Vaughn's brain and um, how they'd have to work with Rita next season in some capacity. Um, but no, just she's gone. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was Frank or somebody else uh, on Twitter said it's time to introduce ghosts. Uh, can bring yeah, Leon Lap back. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, badass kill, Major, but oh, it just felt bad. I mean, Rita was running at Liv. She was going to get her final. Uh, she was going to finally take Liv down, but um, so Major couldn't have that happen. Um, so, yeah, all this, all this zombie outbreak stuff is going to be explained away by... Uh, armed guards firing on employees that had were starting to rampage because of Supermax. So, and uh, Clive is like, is that going to even be, is anybody going to believe that? And Liv says like a, like a zombie outbreak is like anybody would believe a zombie outbreak happened, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I like this little scene again, another one of those things where it's like, I wish we had a little bit more um, with uh, major in that room full of all the people that he kidnapped, like, Hey, I saw you on an elevator. Yeah. Hey, I saw you in the park. And uh, having to, like, just all, it was like one of those classic, like, Twilight Zone episodes where, like, a convicted killer is surrounded by his ghosts or whatever. Um, but, oh, yeah, there's an X Files episode, Beyond the Sea, where um, uh, the killer there is on his way to the electric chair, and along the sides of the hall are all the people he's killed just watching him. So I just thought that was cool. Anyway, um, so yeah, Natalie's missing, and then we have uh, all these military-esque people showing up, and they answer to Vivian Stoll, and so Liv goes to find her, thinking that she's going to be in trouble, and uh, yeah, I played her little speech at the beginning of our podcast, Steph, um, but I'll read it again, I, um, and I love the fact that they're, they're sitting there gathered around Rob Thomas, Rob Thomas eating his brains. <laughs> funny because it's like Rob Thomas is the guy who runs the show and that's Rob Thomas the singer and but they're saying they're eating Rob Thomas ah hilarious and then it's hilarious it's such a a great inside joke for people who care enough yeah you know for us yeah and how creepy is it that there's this one soldier sitting there with a guitar singing unwell you know (laughs) I'm like what is going on here 
Um, but Vivian, I, I wrote her entire little thing here. She says, Hungary, come on out here. You ready for the New World Order, Olivia Moore? Ready to do your part for your kind? Someday soon, Seattle is going to be the capital of the zombie homeland. And a lot of people aren't going to want to see that happen. So are you with us or against us? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember like two years ago when we read the comics. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Kennedy and the dead presidents? <laughs> uh, these are um, people that work. These, these are like zombies that actually work for the government and they end up going. Yes. Yeah. So that's how they were dressed. Um, no, no. Oh, okay. No, they weren't dressed up like soldiers or anything like that. Uh, at least Kennedy wasn't. I don't, I don't remember the other guys. Um <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, folks, pick up uh, your iZombie comics and read all about that. I mean, I'm sure this is going to be, like, light. Like just, just the fact that we have zombies working for the military or the government or maybe neither. Like, Vaughn said they were, like, Blackwater, but, like, deeper or something. So, what do you, what, what do you think about Vivian Soul and this Z- New World Order? Like, this show is blowing up even bigger. Yeah, it does. It sounds like the world is getting bigger. And I don't know. Are these going to be friends or foes? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Are you with us or against us? I have a feeling that she's going to want to learn more, but she's also going to end up probably being against them (laughs) eventually. I'm almost thinking about, um, I'm again thinking about Buffy and I'm thinking about the initiative, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, so... Hopefully they don't have like a, well, maybe, I mean, there was a Frankenstein in the comics, so maybe they'll do an Adam plot. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Either way, this is, uh, this is Rob, uh, Rob Thomas, uh, slash Diana Jera Wright joint. So, uh, I've got full trust in them. So. We just ran through two episodes. Holy cow, folks. We still have to get the feedback. Um, all right. Well, so we'll start with uh, starting our Facebook uh, thread here. Um, here's Rachel. Rachel Hughes says, wait, are there people out there who do not organize their media by genre first? That's not being type A. That's just common <laughs> sense. <laughs> See what happens when all you know is digital media and a search bar? Kids today wouldn't know how to find anything in a B&M bookstore or record shop. Now get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy said, oh, even Dale's hair was sad. <laughs> she has glorious hair. It was all flat. <laughs> Uh, Tia says uh, so for anyone thinking that drinking Supermax and taking Utopium is a good idea no (laughs) Uh, Amy said uh, I told my husband last season during the pilot it was Utope in Rager Max was what caused zombies he said no he said no all season then as we watched the DVDs I kept telling him this he kept saying no it didn't well tonight he looked at me and said oh my god you have been right this whole time (laughs) and I said and I said that means uh, you have to do what I say for a month he agreed (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, it was actually an article uh, where somebody was talking about how like they're, the zombies don't make sense on iZombie or whatever, and I had to bring them to school, uh, and that reminds <laughs> me of like... Yes, it makes total sense. Yeah, total sense. <laughs> it's 
Jen Wynn is uh, shaking her head right now. Um, all right. Let me skip down to Marissa in DC. She says, wow, I take it back. Two episodes at once was almost too much. There is so much plot packed into these two hours. I'm not quite sure where to start other than I loved it and I can't wait for season three. Aside from that, I may have to take notes and write an email. Okay, so uh, she, we'll probably hear more from her. Harold said, uh, they lived up to the hot, truly explosive. They blew up the whole show. <laughs> doesn't it feel like uh, Doesn't it feel like it would be hard to go back to little cases of the week after that? Yeah, that's a good point, Harold. Yep. Like, like the show is so like – the world is so big now. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Rob Thomas has insisted that they're still going to be doing Cases of the Week, and I'm kind of glad they're still going to work on that. That way it's not like all uh, zombie mythos all the time. I like a little case to figure out. I've gotten kind of used to that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, he called out the, the word explosive, which is what Robert Buckley told us uh, that the finale was going to be like. And <clears throat> when, when – uh, Liv and Clive were talking about, you know, how the police are going to accept all that's happened in Max Rager tonight. I really thought the next scene we're going to see is the freaking like Clive, like leaving some sort of explosive in the basement of Max Rager and taking down the entire building. But, uh, you know, or major or whatever. Uh, but I guess kind of like how Suzuki kind of had to cover his trap. That's right. Yeah. Oh, ooh, that would have been very poetic, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me skip down to, ah, oh, Franny, uh, Franzi, uh, Franny, Franzi <laughs> wrote in, oh my God, this is too much intensity for a Wednesday morning. I don't like that Gilda Rita is dead, but holy cow, those military zombie dudes should be interesting. And poor Liv, Rob totally pulled the Joss in there with Drake. I, t- I really hope Bosio will be back in season three and there won't be a Peyton, Robbie, Blaine love triangle. Yeah, I don't want that either. I kind of want an iZombie video game now. <laughs> <laughs> Clive, Liv, and Major were a great team and amazing. They were running out of ammo and aimed for the head. Finally, a realistic portrayal. Live to the max, everyone, or better not. <laughs> Wait, what is Frenzy saying that uh, what's not realistic? Um, a realistic portrayal, like, uh, you know, that people, instead of shooting... Like, sometimes in, like, zombie things, like, people just kind of, no matter how many times they know that aim for the head, they're all constantly shooting zombies in the arm or the stomach. Uh, yeah. Well, I think Clive kind of did that yeah. towards the end. He was like, oh, but he, like, quickly realized, oh, it's the head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to rewatch the pilot and just see Clive talking about uh, – how if his grandma turned into a zombie, he'd be like, goodbye, you know, hasta la vista, mi ma, and make, makes a little gun barrel noise. <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny now. Oh, you must read Wayne? Yes. Wayne says, I cannot believe they killed Rob Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> On a serious note, it'll be interesting to see how the dynamic of the show changes now that Clive knows. It was a brilliantly written, written finale. They packed so much in to that last two episodes, and you just didn't know what was going to happen next. Mm. So many funny lines to 100 dead employees, one dead red, one dead Rob Thomas, Major Lily White, personal trainer, and my favorite, here's Major. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, Michael says, I thought the finale was amazing. I really want to see how things settle out and what the new status quo will be. I like that Clive is now in the know, but has some concerns. He's a big pragmatist, and I could see him coming to the conclusion that for the good of humanity, zombies need to be exposed and contained. After all, he did nearly witness the start of a zombie apocalypse. I suppose that probably won't happen as it would put a crimp in the show, but there might be some arguments. Yeah, Michael, uh, iZombie Civil War. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Frank says uh, Okay, uh, first off A moment of silence for poor Gilda Why? Why did Major have to kill Gilda? What a major jerk Uh, Clive finally knows about zombies His reaction when Liv stabbed herself And went into full on zombie mode Was priceless I wish they could have had a different ending with Dale and Clive. It was sad to see Dale break up with Clive. Peyton got kidnapped. No. <laughs> Someone needs to put a stop to Stacy Boss before he does to Peyton what Major did to Gilda. <laughs> Thank God Blaine saved Peyton. Heartbreaking ending to Drake and Liv's relationship as Liv had to kill Drake after he attacked Clive. Yeah. A lot of heartbreakers in this finale. Yeah, we it we, was we did skip we did kind of skip past that, didn't we, in our recap that oh geez. Uh but uh <clears throat> what'd you think about that? Uh Liv killing Drake in order to save Clive. Yeah, that was it was tragic. <sighs> Yeah, Drake. And sad, but he, well, he was already gone. Yeah. He made the decision to be a, a hero and sacrifice himself, so he was already gone. There was no, no comeback. Yeah, yeah. The heroic angle to it uh, definitely makes it a little less tragic. I mean, it's mm-hmm. no like uh, mouthing the word, I love you, and then um, getting shot in the face or anything like that. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> But it was it was a, a yet another like like oh crap you know poor Liv like I really feel bad for Liv after this mm-hmm. anyway go ahead um let's see Frank continues uh, it was pretty funny when Vondercourt made a reference to people going crazy on Twitter over death <laughs> like uh oh what's his name Lowell God how could I forget yep uh. <laughs> I've already cried to Rob Thomas on Twitter about Gilda's death. <laughs> Finally, before Major became a jerk and killed Gilda, he made a pretty funny movie reference saying, here's Major, when he was breaking into the elevator that Vonda Clark was trying to get get away in. <laughs> oh, I loved that Major, okay, Major is in there, uh, and, he's, and Vaughn is going to let the zombies out. Yeah. And Major shoots his hand. Yes. Von's hand, and then he can't use his hand to operate the elevator. Right, right. I thought that was so great. And it was perfect, too, because you're like, oh, that was a nice shot. Then you're like, oh, wait, he's on Janko brain. Of course, he's, he could shoot right through a glass and take his hand out. Like, perfect. Like, he's thinking he's thinking steps ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, you know, they had to get him and he had to get him and uh, uh, Rita out of there because of uh, the poison gas coming out of the vents. Yeah. Oh, Grandma. Uh, break into the elevator that Vonda Clark was trying to get away in. This was an action-packed finale that was so fun to watch. Can't wait for season three. Also, thank you, Robin and Steph, for all of your hard work. Uh, thank you, Robin, for your hard work. Thank you, Steph, for uh, your hard work. Uh, psh- uh, <laughs> this season I've really enjoyed listening to all the podcasts this season and I'm looking forward to the podcasts returning during season three yeah I can't wait too 
I, I gotta read Rachel's response. Yeah, yeah. I know it's terrible, but I could not stop laughing when Major popped back into the elevator and shot Rita Gilda while hanging upside down. It was so action movie stupid awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm really sad that Rita Gilda was killed off, but Major was like a comic book character who got his costume tonight with his character weapon, a long axe. If I collected action figures, <laughs> I would demand one of Riot Gear Major uh, with axe. Yes! Please, make that. Anyway, uh, what's next? Um, Marissa says, uh, Gilda was gunning for Liv and Clive when Major killed her, so it's not like he killed her in cold blood. Also, she was the only one alive in the elevator at that point. Did she kill the Romeros, or did Vaughn manage manage it before Gilda killed him? Yeah, Rachel actually posted a screen cap of... uh, of major popping down in the elevator, but you can actually see an ax in one of the zombie skulls. So I'm assuming Vaughn at least took out one zombie. It was a great, there was a great callback that I honestly probably wouldn't have remembered, uh, the, that it was a payoff to a, a callback in that scene, which was the whole submarine, uh, thing where major yeah. was like, you're a fan of submarine movies, you know, and then closes the hatch. And, you know, luckily they showed it on the previously on I zombie where Vaughn does say that, that, um, you know, he's a fan of zombie, uh, submarine movies uh, that, uh, if he had to, he'd be the one that closes yeah. the hatch. So it's funny that he c- called that out. Anyway. Um, Corey says, I just finished it. Yes. I'm a bad fan. <laughs> Let's see. April 14th. Wow. You waited till Thursday? Anyway, Corey continues. You must have been very busy. Yeah. Uh, can't believe Clive knows. Bummed that Vaughn and Rita Gilda both died, though. The woman at the very end, she was the one who bought Max Rager, right? She knew about zombies the whole time. She, they were zombies the whole time. She and her soldiers couldn't have just been turned zo- into zombies and decided to take over the world that fast, right? Uh, yeah, I'm assuming that they're not, that, that they were zombies to begin with and, um, had an, you know, learned about Max Rager causing zombies and she probably decided to buy up that company. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Marissa says the theory is that Vivian, the contractor found out about zombies ahead of buying the company and hatched a plan for world domination, but they didn't get turned into zombies until they got there. Really? Uh, no, I don't believe that. I think there were already zombies. That's why. That's why she was like, "I'm fine," and kind of handed over her weapons. I mean, she had she had another weapon there, and probably she could handle herself. But I think there was a slight implication that the, the zombies aren't going to come after her anyway. Mm. Um, let's see what else. Um, Josh Tell, who is new to our group and welcome, um, she wrote, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. What an amazing series from the actors, writing, editing, etc. The major puns really tied up the whole comic strip pun theme they have at the beginning of the episodes. I love when things keep a theme in a clever and original way. I think Major's potential love interest might be the cure, though. Ooh seeing as the guy with the tattoos took her in last and she wasn't among the rabid zombies later. Ooh, that's a good theory. I like that. Did you get that? Natalie might be, um, Natalie might be the cure. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> wait, what? Well, we didn't see Natalie at, in that. And uh, apparently she was taken away by the tattooed guard and uh, never returned. And every time they'd come back, they'd bring back Romero, and then and she wasn't one of the Romeros, so maybe she was cured, and maybe oh, 
Ravi can take her blood and get the cure from her. I mean, there was something about that. Like, why would that just lift? Right. Dangling. A dangling plot thread. Okay. I do wonder. Maybe maybe she was cured in the way that Major was earlier. Major and Blaine were earlier this season in that, uh, or the beginning of the season, actually, um, in that the, she's got a ticking clock and she's got a zombie detector as well. And so Major will have to deal with whether or not to uh, give her the cure that erases her memory or... What? Anyway. Great theory. Um, Gilda, no! She was definitely a favorite of mine. Fantastic Catalyst. My other favorites are uh, Blaine and the very distracting Ravi. <laughs> I wonder how this will affect Clive. His do-good mentality will make him a candidate for starting a let's kill or detain all the zombies mob, but his underdog reputation at the Force might make him the perfect inside man. I laughed, I cried, but most of all, I loved Amazing Geek material because it all fits. Yes, totally. <laughs> Wayne says, was I the only one expecting Frank to come save Peyton? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want me to read Marissa's or do you want to take that one? Oh, man, Marissa. Wow. All right, strap yourself in. I'll read. I can I can rattle these, rattle these off pretty quickly. Wow, Marissa. I've been hoping to have time to write an email about these epis, but decided to rewatch them instead. So it's Facebook feedback after all, going through the major themes. <laughs> major themes. Um, <laughs> death. Rob Thomas wasn't kidding about the death count in this episode. I'd mentally been predicting that Chief and or Don E, Gilda and or Vaughn and Bazio would die. So I think I came pretty close. Don E is a slippery survivor. and What happened with Bazio was almost worse than her dying. I did not predict that what looks like the entire staff of Max Rager, minus Major, would die in a massacre. Now I'm left wondering what exactly Vaughn had planned to happen in his prison-themed lockup. It's clear he thought some mayhem would erupt, but maybe he thought he could control it. Now all that's left is to try to explain the bloodbath to the still clueless cops. And they killed Rob Thomas. This is how a skull breaks, indeed. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just thinking that he had armed guards because he knew, like, Liv and Major were out there. And, uh, you know, people might want to, you know, break up his party. And he wanted to celebrate with his uh, $1 billion. Um, she goes, Clive knows. I'd imagine lots of ways this could happen, but Liz spelling it out for him while leaving Blaine out of the explanation was not on the list. But they had done everything else they could to get Major's brains, and this was the only way to protect, prevent a jail massacre and the outing of zombies. I doubt they have to be able to get a syringe of the cure to Major. I doubt they'd have been able to get a syringe of the cure to Major. Yeah, I think, uh, Marissa, um... Major, when he proposed to live that uh, she give him the cure, he started rubbing it, rubbing his finger against one of the holes in the glass. So I think he was implying that she would just inject him through the glass that way. Uh, maybe it's just me. What? You know, when Liv visited Major in prison and was begging Liv to give him the cure because otherwise he'd just go, you know, zombie rager. <laughs> He started actually rubbing his finger against the hole in the glass. Yeah. And I think he was implying that Liv could easily give him a quick injection in, like, the finger or something of the cure. And that's how they could get the cure to him. Because they can't give him the cure in a freaking protein bar, you know? (laughs) Anyway. um, I've given you something to chew on there. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of protein bars. Um, 
Unfortunately, Clive finding out what's actually going on in Seattle had a huge price for him. The loss of both his professional reputation and Dale. So while I'm excited to see how things go in the show now with all our main cast and a know about zombies, we're going to return to a broken Clive in Season 3. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Blaine. Blaine came through with a brain for Liv and Ravi when it all seemed lost and seemed to be genuinely unsure what was going on. To a point. Once Peyton got kidnapped, I wonder if he started to get some of his memory back. He knew where the box with the guns was, snatched the night vision goggles after claiming not to know what they were, and executed a flawless rescue of Peyton. So is he lying about the memory loss? I can't see how that would serve him. Or is his memory coming back slowly, maybe as a kind of muscle memory, as he does old familiar bad deeds? Yeah, I, again, something weird going on there. And I think uh, that plot line is uh, meant to be very mysterious. And, um, yeah, I mean, he did say that he knows he knew the weapons were there because uh, Don E and Chief brought them in. You know, they, uh, Don E had said that they belonged to the Chaos Killer. So he knew mm-hmm. about the weapons. Um, but, yeah, him all of a sudden turning into a uh, universal soldier there, cutting the power and then going in with the night vision goggles, that was a little weird. I can't see I can't see him actually pretending to be to to have lost his memory all this time. No, I I don't think so. Yeah, like uh-huh. Go I, ahead. like I just don't see the I mean, I guess uh, I don't know. I just don't see Blaine like taking that much crap from Donnie and Chief. Right. <laughs> you know? Um so maybe stuff was coming back, but the the weird thing about like the whole maybe his memory is coming back um, theory is the fact that we never really saw Blaine being like Universal Soldier, <laughs> you know, before. Did and did he did he ingest any of Jenko's brain? Yeah, I know exactly. He, he wasn't around, was he? But he's like he's not a zombie. <laughs> oh, right, he's human. Yeah. that's right. He's cured. <laughs> so something else is going on. Yeah, maybe he's like. Um, Maybe they've turned him into an empath, <laughs> and he he um, absorbs uh, the uh, brains that zombies around him have eaten. <laughs> Something is but He's Peter Petrelli. He's David Anders is back in <laughs> Heroes again. Uh, <laughs> Uh, continuing with Marissa's magnificently long feedback. Um, everything else. Robbie and Peyton are together again, maybe, if the new good Blaine doesn't get in the way. Mr. Boss wins and lives to menace Seattle in season three. Liv had to kill Drake. I had really been hoping for a little time in the show with them on the same page finally, but I guess romantic happiness in this show was too much to ask. Mm-hmm. And it's boring, by the way. Um, <laughs> on the plus side, Vaughn got exactly what was coming to him. And none of our main characters died, got turned into zombies, or got amnesia. So that may be as much as we could have hoped for. Yep, yep, yep. And finally, my predictions for Season 3. While Mr. Boss will take Seattle's drug trade back, the big bad for next season is obviously Vivian the Contractor and Fillmore Graves, the new Max Rager. Seattle will be turned upside down by whatever explanation they come up with for the chaos killer victims suddenly showing up alive. They could just blame Vaughn and Janko, but I don't know what they could use for a motive for the public. Clive is a pariah at the police department again, but this time you'll have the help of his friends as he is slowly, awkwardly brought back, brought into the inner circle. 
Donnie is in the wind since Mr. Boss still has a price on his head, but he'll appear mid-season to stir up trouble. Blaine will remain helpful and remake the brain delivery business, but regain his memory slowly and have to figure out if he's the new better guy, the cure made him, or if he's back to his evil ways. Major will look for, rescue Natalie, and start a relationship with her. The Chaos Killer victims will help our heroes, the Scooby Gang, uh, fight Vivian and her evil plans to form a evil or elite zombie army who wants to take over the world. That's all here. Hope uh, I got this in before you recorded the podcast. Looking forward to hearing what everyone else thinks and speculating with everyone over the summer. Wow. Great final feedback, Marissa. Great theories. I can see a lot of that stuff happening in season three for sure. Uh, so let's, we're done with our Facebook comment threads, folks, but holy cow, we got emails as well. <laughs> and, uh, luckily you, this is your only iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph for at least a couple months. So, uh, you can take your time and pause and come back to this over and over again. <laughs> uh, what do I want to start with? How about you read one? I just read a gigantic thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> You want me to read Lewis's? Sure. Lewis says, hold on. Okay. Hi, Lewis. Lewis, <laughs> Lewis says, best finale ever. OMG. What a good show. The final episode was so different from all the others and totally unexpected. The third season has got to be a whole lot different. I think I'm going to miss the old format, but good shows always change gears before you get tired of it. Yep. So next season, no Chief, no Gilda Rita. No Duclark, no Max Ranger, and maybe no Bosnia, but we will have Liv, Robbie Major, the zombie, Major the zombie, Clive, who knows, who now knows, Peyton, Amnesiac Blaine, Don E, the zombie brain drug dealer, maybe Mr. Boss, plus Vivian, and the zombie world, old, <laughs> zombie world order. Yeah, they, they shower, that, they shower, they're, they're not the zombie world odor. <laughs> <laughs> is Bozio gone from the show? Maybe she can come back for a little cameo next season. Is Blaine so. really an amnesiac? He knew where the gun stash was, and he sure seemed to know how to shoot a gun. Mm-hmm. Where did Donnie go? Where did Natalie go? Will Mr. Boss be back? Is is it going to be Peyton and Blaine or Peyton and Robbie? <laughs> and of course, the most important question, how does our Scooby-Doo's defeat the zombie world order? Can't wait to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lewis. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so many questions. Uh, we'll see. Uh, let me uh, give both our voices a break and bring up our first voicemail. Um, this one is from Dr. Moira. Um, here she is. Hey, Robin and Steph. Okay, this is take two at attempting to send you feedback because I just recorded <laughs> something really great and then, you know what, I just won't send and I don't know why. So... Here's the thing. I stayed up till, I don't know, like midnight last night watching the two episodes back to back and I was exhausted. And so I will, I will admit I probably missed a few things, but here's what I need for you to explain to me. I am trying to understand in the final scene, uh, how mercenary girl or whatever we want to call her, um, how it was that she is clearly turned zombie. Was she already zombie? Did she some point during the evening become zombified? I mean, that woman knows her firepower. I cannot imagine that she would have been scraped or scratched by anybody unless she wanted that to happen. So I just, I am baffled. I don't understand if it happened during the course of that night and I miss it completely, which is completely possible. 
or if uh, there's just more backstory we don't know or what. I don't know, but I want to hear what you think, and I want you to put me on the straight and narrow and explain it to me. All right, and now I need to dial it down a moment and have <laughs> have a, a brief moment of, you know, contemplative introspection and just allow myself to grieve the passing of Drake because, no, I know this did not have the same emotional intensity as when Lowell was murdered, but... I, I, ah, when Drake said, okay, fine, three's my lucky number, pick me, and he volunteers himself, I honestly was expecting him to, you know, to pull some kind of really cool uh, martial arts move and, and leap out and, and get those two guys and free everybody. But does any of that happen? No, he kneels down on the ground and he is led away docilely, like... I don't know, like a sad little lamb to the slaughter. And, oh, that's just not how I wanted to see his story arc end. So, yeah, I'm sad about that. And it seems like if you um, fall for live, your days are numbered on this show. Um, Happy things. I like that Clive is in on the secret, finally. Didn't like the fact that Dale's little heart got broken and that she has no idea what a good guy Clive really is. Um, there's a little part of me that holds out hope that we will see Dale again because I really enjoy them together. Um, love the way Vaughn got taken out and Gilderita too, for that matter. Um, it was good to see their grisly demise, but sad about Donnie and, uh, Chief. Oh, and huh, Ravi and Peyton. That was <laughs> lovely. And I am not fooled by this little huggy scene with Blaine at the end. I don't believe for a minute that Peyton's going to choose Blaine over Ravi. Come on. I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Ravi deserves a little happiness for a while. Okay, uh, and finally, I just want to hear your thoughts on the direction the show may be going next year because... Uh, you know, so this new militia girl, whatever, she's our new big bad, I guess. And I feel like we've only just got introduced to her and it's just, we just sort of got it landed on our lap like a hot potato. It's been a, it's a little abrupt for me anyway. So I don't know if this is just me being a curmudgeon and lamenting the loss of my familiar bad guys. Um, and you know, I'm open-minded. I I love the show, so I'm sure they're going to go somewhere amazing with it, but Just at first blush, I was a little bit meh about her. So anyway, I want to hear what you guys think. And uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, I will definitely be sticking with this show next season. It is just, it's so much fun. The acting is so good. The writing is so witty. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I just go on and on. It's just awesome. So uh, yeah, good job, everybody. And I will fire this off to you so you can finish doing your recording. Bye for now. Okay. Well, um, Moira, I think your first question was just whether or not she was a zombie, right? Is that what it was? Uh, our, our, and our thoughts about, I mean, we already kind of talked about whether or not we thought she was a zombie. I think she was a zombie. That's why she bought Max Rager. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, talking about the, uh, the, the change in, changing of the guard, you know, moving to a, this new big bad, um, I think uh, last season, um, the our we had um, in the first season we had sort of like uh, uh, a, uh, like Mr. Boss was kind of talked about. I think Von de Clark did show up for one episode, a couple episodes, 
in the first season, like Flight of the Living Dead, um, and uh, maybe another. And then, you know, Gilda showed up in the final episode of the first season. So we were kind of brought into our season two big bads, um, you, you know, slightly. Whereas Andrea Savage's Vivian Stoll shows up in the last two episodes. She's on the teleconference in the first uh, in Deadbeat, and then she shows up in Salvation Army. And yeah, I was kind of like, alright, you know, I, I'm just trusting in the writers, I'm trusting in the showrunners that this character is going to pay off in a certain way. And then that last scene happened, and I was like, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what you thought, but that's kind of what my feelings are on this new bad guy. Um, what did you think? Are you excited about Vivian Soul? Yeah, I like her. I like her a lot. Cool, cool. Yeah, awesome. So Moira, there's your there's your answers. Let's move on to our next bit of feedback. Um, did you want to read the next one, or am I on it? Oh, you want to read Tia? <laughs> Tia? Tia says, "Hi, Robin and Steph." No, she did. She says, "Hi, Steph and Robin." <laughs> <laughs> Tia Say says, it right, Steph and Robin. Here's my attempt to shorten all of my thoughts on the finale. First, I want to say, holy crap, did a lot of people die. Yeah. Uh, Deadbeat, the biggest thing for me was Liv finally telling Clive. Of course, there were moments I thought Major was going to go crazy, but I was mostly really happy Clive is now hip to zombies and that Liv is one. Mm. I was more upset than I thought I would be with Clive and Dale's breakup. Yeah, yeah, got a little misty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Salivation Army. Saddened that Chief was killed. I'm hoping in Season 3 we get Blaine regaining his memories and going after Donnie. Great moments of showing Vaughn's true, disgusting character. Rita was great. Sad she's gone. Major and Liv kicked ass. I was on the edge thinking Clive was really going to get scratched. I don't even want to talk about Drake because it's too sad. And Blaine going all mercenary SWAT to save Peyton was totally badass. Hope to hear from you guys during the heist. <laughs> during the hiatus. <laughs> this was one hell of a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tia, thank you for writing. And uh, um, both you and Moira were talking about just how sad it was to lose Drake. And yeah, I, uh, I wasn't terribly affected, but it was it was definitely a great exit for this character, a really heroic exit. I remember he told the guard, he's like, want to have a brave off? Which is pretty cool. <laughs> it's a badass talking. Um, so he went out like a hero, and uh, yeah, he, he could have just kind of kept to the back of the cell and let uh, the guy with the kids, or uh, the guy, the guy, miner's owner, take the guy with the dog. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, thanks, Tia. I'm going to read Daisy's. Daisy says, with two episodes that was totally packed, I will do my best not to write a novel. Oh, God, we all did, Daisy. <laughs> we all did. Uh, first, Deadbeat. This episode was super intense. I was freaking out about Major the whole time, especially with the meet-cute revelation. After all, he is guilty of murder there. Moving into season three, I really wonder how things will work out for him. Will the rest of Seattle believe in him? I guess when or if the survivors return to society, people will know Major couldn't have murdered them. Also, will he start getting sick from the first cure? Hmm, no. Yeah, I do think that uh, his name's going to get cleared from all those people showing up. And I, again, pe the, when it comes to the meet cute, 
um, uh, the public story is uh, Suzuki is a hero, and we don't want to move away from that story. A lot of people are, I think, we're at least a police storm was comforted by that fact. Uh, moving on. I was so shocked when Liv told Clive about zombies. Rob Thomas made it clear he didn't want to pull that trigger until he was sure. Clive knowing about zombies will make next season really interesting. It was reinforced last week that Clive is the by-the-book type of cop. Knowing about zombies, especially criminal zombies, means Clive has to bend the rules at times moving forward. Glad Clive is in on the whole zombie thing. Me too. And Salvation Army. This episode was intense as well, but in a different way. I will miss Vaughn and Rita, Gilda. I really like Mr. Boss, but Vaughn has so much whimsy as a villain. He was great. Yeah, totally. Also, Blaine is kind of a good guy now. I feel like we don't have a lot of enemy f- enemies, frenemies left. I guess that's what Vivian is here for. I expected Natalie to be there at the end and that we would get a hint of a budding romance between her and Major. Not saying I'd like that. And now that Liv and Major are both zombies, will they start dating again? Well, Major was quick to take the couch uh, once uh, Robbie and Peyton moved into the bedroom, Daisy. So <laughs> I guess I guess they're waiting on that one. Oh, of course, yeah, duh. He was quick to take the couch because uh, he and uh, Liv were supposed to be finding Drake, uh, Liv's boyfriend that he knew nothing about, so <laughs> there's that. Um, okay, Daisy continues. Lastly, the zombie army. What's up with that? They want to establish Seattle as the zombie capital, strengthening the zombie community, right? Putting down a season three prediction right now. The zombie army wants zombies to flourish, whereas Liv and the gang want to cure them, creating tension between the two groups. Yeah. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know something yeah, something would like that will come up. Mm. But that's what it sounds like. It's gonna be a uh It's gonna be like they're living on a hellmouth. <laughs> yeah. All the zombies are gonna be flocking to Seattle. So I guess there's zombies out there. It's interesting how you know, at first we're like, oh, it was just this weird combination of boat party, like this tainted utopium and Max Rager causing zombies. And then, you know, it just goes on and on and on from there, scratching. And, uh, and then suddenly there's this outside group coming out from out of town. So zombies have been a thing for a while, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Daisy says, it'll be a rough summer without my eye zombie. Oh, well, it's been a fun season. Cheers, everyone, Daisy. P.S. I'd like to add, I posted my death predictions on Twitter, and I got four out of five right. Even Rob Thomas the singer. (laughs) Okay, finish bragging. And yeah, if you want to check out her Twitter name is Daisy Serafini. Um, and I think you basically spell it the way I just said it. And, uh, uh, check that out. We will definitely check that out, Daisy. Okay. Do you want to read Heidi's? Oh, crap. I just went to Daisy's Twitter. I'm going to make sure. I think I'm following her, but I just want to make sure. <laughs> but I will read Heidi's, oh, Heidi's, Heidi's, Heidi's email. Okay. Two-part finale. Hey, guys. I'm really glad this first five minutes wasn't the last five minutes of the second hour. Because <laughs> the FBI finding. Wait a minute. What? The first five minutes wasn't the last five minutes of the second hour. She's glad it started out that it didn't end the way it started. Yeah. Uh, because the FBI finding all the evidence and arresting Ravi as well would have been an awful cliffhanger. Yeah. The part of Cliff McCormick will now be played by Vinny Van Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Veronica Mars reference, folks. Watch Veronica Mars if you haven't watched it. When Major said he was hungry while talking to Liv, it went to commercial, and it was a Butterfinger commercial. I don't think that's what he had in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Not a Butterfinger. He wants a butter brain. 
<laughs> this is a really stressful finale, and we're only one. We're only in hour one. I actually thought they could just unthaw a body. What was I thinking? <laughs> Arvini, you can't even deliver a brain bar. That was the final straw, apparently for Liv to while she's telling Clive the truth. That was a very effective way to get him to believe here. I feel like I'm saying wow a lot, but wow. Yeah, this whole finale, wow. And wow again. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I really thought the end of the episode was going to be Janko getting away with Liv. Oh, poor Ravi. I don't think he's going to get over killing Janko so easily. Liv was quick to just eat that brain. Yep. What about the rest of the body? <laughs> On to the second hour. Okay, I take that back. Ravi appears to be fine. Yep. <laughs> Well, you know, we had to cram a bunch of information in two episodes. Yep. Uh, I love Rita. You couldn't just hold the elevator door for three seconds. <laughs> Rob Thomas's entrance was so great. Perfectly timing party zombies. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect sorry. timing party zombies. Perfect timing party zombies. This is worse than Darla and Drusilla locked in with a room full of lawyers. Spoilers. They killed Rob Thomas. I bet this was his favorite thing ever. <laughs> Him being a fan of the show, I'm sure he loved it. <laughs> that was kind of a strange ending, but very interesting going forward. I can't wait for season three. Until next time, Heidi. Oh, yeah, so creepy. I loved it. Uh, all right. I mean, let me read Paul's. Paul says, hey, guys, I just started listening to your podcast today, and I'm really enjoying it so far. Are, are you enjoying it now? I'm wondering. We're almost two hours at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, as much as I enjoyed the finale, I ended up going to bed last night feeling super bummed because they killed off Rita. She provided some of the best moments of the season, and I was really excited when she became a zombie because it opened up a lot of interesting places to take her character and potentially some new perspectives on being a zombie. It would have been really cool of her to be the Cordelia of the team in season three <laughs> and to see the different kind of dynamic she would have had with Liv. I love the brief moments where she was helping them out and standing there with Major facing off against Vaughn. Yeah, Paul and, and Steph. <laughs> I don't know if you've uh, listened to uh, my interview with Leanne Lapp, but talking about Rita and really liking that character, it seemed to be kind of, I don't know, I don't think, I don't, I can't say maybe she was surprised by it, but she was definitely reinforcing the notion that Rita's a bad person. Like, you know, she, she is spoiled and a brat and probably deserved what she got for all the terrible, like infiltrating Liv's life and sleeping with Major and sending lingerie pictures to Liv and uh, you know, and probably countless other bad things she did uh, working for Max Rager. So, I mean, I think even Leanne is kind of, would be saying, like, don't don't be too concerned about Rita. She wasn't all innocent. I guess we just wanted to reform her, right? She was such a cool, such a cool villain. <laughs> I guess. Uh, and she's uh, she's a great actress. Like yeah. the way she performed Rita Gilda was just it was so super interesting. I, and uh, honestly. <sighs> If they brought her back, I'd be happy. Okay, I'd be happy if they brought her back. I, he's asking in this, actually. If you, actually, just read the rest. Do you think they could bring her back? I, I've learned not to get too attached to anyone on TV, but this one is rough. I think they struck gold with this character, and it seems like a waste of potential to just kill her off like that. Regards, Paul. Yeah, Paul. Um, I wish they could bring her back, too. Um, 
But I don't know. I, I wonder if they just kind of repeat what they're doing with Blaine here, you know? I mean, would you want to, would you rather have Leanne Lapp or David Anders? That's a, that's a hard choice, actually, but uh, I'm, I've kind of got a longer investment with David Anders. Uh, <laughs> so, because um, it'd be weird to have like two villains like reforming themselves on the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to read Jen's feedback. Cool. Hey, Robin and Steph, hey, guys, I'm, <laughs> guys, I know I said I wasn't going to forget about finding any, guys, I said I was going to forget about finding any sense in the science of the show, <laughs> but an ep- but an EpiPen is real life, and Robbie just shot himself with adrenaline in a close-up. Come on, people, <laughs> blue to the sky, orange to the thigh, and you never put your thumb on top of the dispenser when you're administering it. <laughs> See, Jen... I know, I understand. That's why I can't watch medical shows because it's like, uh, you know, it has to be completely, but I don't know anything about EpiPens. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they did it right, Jen. It was, we don't know anything about it. We're just going to assume they did it right. So there. Yeah. We vote you. <laughs> but yeah, but it, when it's something that you know a lot about, yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's it's really hard to buy. Okay, rant over. Now for the fa- these fantastic episodes. I am, uh, I'm still not sure I fully processed everything that happened. I'm still heartbroken for Liv. I sort of figured that Drake would be one of his, one of the casualties, but I was hoping it wasn't going to be true. He was noble until the end, yeah. even though Major seemed to have embraced his newfound zombieism. I hope we get to see Liv dealing with the ramifications of having to kill Drake before we get a Major and Liv reunion. I did enjoy Liv and Major on Jacob Brink, though. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, is Liv and Major, are they so far past, you know, can they ever go back? I'm sure it's going to be one of those things where she's going to be working through uh, grieving for Drake. Major's going to be very respective of of uh, of Liv's feelings. And then when Liv is finally ready to uh, t- take Major... He, work things out with major or whatever that's because of course they're on the same page being zombies that's when natalie's going to show up classic classic tv drama stuff i don't I, yeah but i don't i mean why why has everybody got their heart set on natalie and major i mean yeah those two they did have chemistry and they did have uh, really good scenes together but just because two hot people uh <laughs> Are together in a scene. Does that mean that they automatically have to become a couple? Um, this show is in the CW, and sometimes we have to lean into these tropes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let me continue with Jen's email. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe shooting himself with epinephrine was what Ravi needed to j- defeat Janko. Either way, it was pretty great that he rescued Liv. He did get the girl at least for a little while, and I hope he'll have the girl when we come back in Season 3. Blaine also got to be pretty badass with the night vision goggles and his attack uh, to rescue Peyton. I don't know who she'll choose, but I'm rooting for Ravi. But I'm happy Blaine survived the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Clive, he's finally in on the secret, but it's potentially ruining his life. No more Dale, no FBI. How will he explain his involvement in the massacre massacre at Max Rager? Or will it all get covered up by the shady zombie corporation? The scene where Liv stabbed himself... Herself. The scene where Liv stabbed herself to prove the existence of zombies was so good. So good, yes. How poetic was it that Vonda Clark met his demise in an elevator and that Rita was the one of, was one of those to kill him. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, sad to see her go. She was a great villain this season. I totally knew that Vivian was going to be a zombie. This opens up so many new opportunities. We'll leave, we'll live, stay a vigil at any crime solver for the good side or be tempted to go over to the evil corporate world of zombies. I have a feeling what's going happen but we will wait to see what they have in store for us next season Mm. i love rob thomas both of them (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like the singer rob thomas was a fan so i wonder how he felt about having his brain eaten on the show ken marino was fantastic his lawyer character was like a perfect blend of Vinnie Van Lowe and Ron Donaldson. <laughs> also, I didn't have to avert my eyes from the TV when he was on, like I did while watching the uh, last House of Lies episode. I cannot disassociate them all. And Vinnie making out with Veronica was traumatizing to me. Oh, I can't. Oh, that's gross. Oh, no. I, that's just gross. Uh, yeah, I heard about this, and uh, I don't approve. But again, no. I probably should be watching House of Lies. You ever watch that show? I tried to watch I- okay. I want to watch it for Kristen. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be supportive for Kristen, but I could not watch it. Hmm. Oh, did you uh, did you see that? Uh, there was a uh, I don't know if it was TMZ or something. Some jerk reporter uh, uh, got cuffed by Kristen Bell on the in the press line for uh, her new movie, The Boss. Did you did you see that video? No, got cuffed. Yeah, dude, dude was like acting like like drunk and stuff. I don't know what his problem was, but he was like, he asked a question and uh, was being really weird about it. And then she just was like polite and said, okay, well I got to go. And and then she turned and started to walk away. Then this dude like reaches over and grabs her arm to turn her around. And she (sighs) wheels around and slaps him right in the face. And you know, the dude totally fell to the ground after she hit him. And then she, like, puts her hands up to her mouth, like, oh, my God, complete shock, and then just kind of gets pulled away from, you know, by her, like, publicist or whatever. But... Uh, I can't believe that wasn't huge news. Uh, yeah, I, I, like, caught it as I was looking through uh, YouTube stuff, just looking at YouTube videos and, and found that. Uh, I, I, it was crazy, but... Yeah, don't be grabbing on Kristen Bell, man. You can get your get your ass cuffed. I mean, <laughs> should know mm. better. You he saw must what, have been drunk. You saw what happened to Hans in Frozen. You don't want to mess with Kristen Bell in uh, animated or literal form. You know. <laughs> okay, Jen, we're finishing your your email yeah. here. <laughs> uh, random points. Major did have multiple freezers, and I was not down with brain jelly on a bagel. <laughs> Yeah, it looked gross. I mean, the bagel looked amazing, but uh, the stuff on top is, no. I'm sure I forgot a lot, but I also, but also that you guys will have lots of great info and points that I've missed. Also, as also. As always. As always. Oh, my God. We've been going a long time. <laughs> as always, looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Jen. Awesome. Thank you, Jen. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully we covered uh, a lot of uh, the episodes both the episodes i just knew this was going to be this is going to be a rough one so <laughs> um and we, we are planning to do maybe you know one or two bonus episodes but i wouldn't expect those till maybe past like san diego comic-con time when we got stuff to talk about you know um so uh we have actually one last piece of feedback it is our friend kevin batchelder who uh just started off a um a new 
podcast, actually, that you should probably check out the show for. I'm just going to give him a little plug here. Uh, Tales of the Black Badge is a Winona Earp fan podcast that he just started for Winona Earp. And that's a show on sci-fi that I think if you're into like Buffy and iZombie, you might want to give it a shot. Um, it's got a, you know, a plucky, uh, female hero that kicks a lot of ass. And, uh, Kevin's a cool guy who always gives us lots of, uh, plugs on his podcast and, uh, on tuning into sci-fi TV. So, um, definitely, you know, if you want a summer show to watch while you're waiting for iZombie to come back, check out Winona Earp. Have you checked that out yet? Or no? No. Uh-uh. I watched your first episode. Uh, it was fun. I'm, I am extremely behind. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, uh, like <sighs> at, at this point, like I've watched the first episode and then the second and third have already aired. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna get back to it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking after this podcast ends, I'll probably have a lot more uh, TV time this summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, here is Kevin's uh, voicemail. Hey everyone, it's Kevin Batchelder. I wanted to get you a quick feedback item. I know you're going to have a long show and you're going to have a lot of great feedback on specifics from the episode, and I'm sure you two are going to cover it in spades. But uh, one item, just because being such an 80s person, uh, yeah, mostly by age, <laughs> the uh, the eight six seven five three zero nine call out. God, I love that. You know, sometimes just the simplest stupid things. I mean, as soon as I heard eight six seven, my fist went in the air, and I you know knew exactly where they were going. But uh, just one little tiny bit of a couple of awesome episodes. Really looking forward to listening to your discussion. Mainly just wanted to say thank you. I mean, you guys do an awesome podcast. You really do. Uh, many folks know I listen to lots of podcasts. And, uh, you know, some of them are good. But you guys are excellent. And I can't tell you how much every week I look forward to hearing your thoughts about the episode and everybody else in the Facebook group. So just a big, big thank you. Looking forward to rewatching the whole series this summer. As you know, got to prep for the uh, iZombie fan discussion panel coming up at Dragon Con on uh, Labor Day weekend. And looking forward to hopefully seeing Steph there again as well. So thank you, folks. Really uh, can't tell you how much fun it's been and, and looking forward to future stuff from you as well. Take care. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. And uh, uh, again, folks, check out his podcast, uh, Tales of the Black Badge. I think we're at the end, Seth. <laughs> so we should talk about next time on iZombie, right? <laughs> uh, I'm sad that mm-hmm. there is no next time. Uh, For right now. Yeah. I, it's like, I'm like, uh, I could probably use a week off after doing a yeah, double just episode. A week yeah, or two weeks. Not but like, other than that, I'll oh. be ready to get back to it. If they, if, if the C, the CW better bring back iZombie in the fall, I'm sure they will. I'm not even going to get into that. They're going to bring it back in the fall. Just, just, just have some. <laughs> Being so pessimistic. I know. I'm constantly like, what if they take my show away? <laughs> what if they make me wait longer for it? I'm in, I'm just an iZombie zombie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, next time on iZombie is season three and, uh, we want to say first uh, our thank you to all our listeners, um, all you folks. There's so many cool – we've gotten so many like cool little uh, uh, iTunes reviews. There's been comments in the group that are really, really flattering, just uh, amazing. Um, so thank you. It's, it's Honestly, it's, uh, it's fun to do this as a fan first and foremost, but then like you get comments – that really just kind of pump up the ego a little bit. <laughs> it makes it even, it's like, oh yeah, awesome. Like, I'm, I just, I want to put even more work into this show. I want to record 
uh, for two and a half hours. <laughs> so, um, uh, um, so thank you to, to all the listeners. And, uh, thank you also to, uh, the folks from iZombie, especially the ones that, um, came on our show and did little interviews with us. You guys, uh, are just amazing. I, I can't believe, I can't believe, uh, just, just the people that came, oh, Rob Thomas came on our show, Steph. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh! I'm sure you're right. Crazy. Robert Buckley, Dan Atherton, just Robert Buckley. Yeah, amazing. And we just had this great interview. Uh, we have, gosh, Bob Durden uh, and Natalie uh, Farrow in the last couple of weeks. It's just been great. Just to just to talk to people about eyes on Leanne Lap. I, I, I could go on and it's amazing that I can say I can go on, but, um, <laughs> I'm so proud of those little interviews. I'm, I'm thinking of doing a little redesign on the website to just kind of make a place for people to, um, you know, check those interviews out. Um, I may, might play with the website a little bit this, this, uh, this summer. Um, but, uh, and of course, uh, I just want to thank you, Steph, doing this podcast with me yet again. <laughs> Well, thank you for doing all the heavy lifting <laughs> so I can just show up and whatever. <laughs> uh, no problem. No problem. Uh, we do want to say uh, you can hear us uh, probably going to be talking through the summer about Dawson's Creek. <laughs> once. Uh, Hopefully we'll get back to, to that soon. Yeah. Once, uh, once your job kind of uh, evens out. You've got a great new job, and I, I hope you're enjoying it, but it makes you very busy, and I don't like you to be so busy. Um, yeah. No. No more watching Dawson's Creek at work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you're looking for that podcast, it's called the We Don't Want to Wait podcast. We Don't Want to Wait. Look that up on iTunes, and you'll hear Steph and I talking about at least the first two seasons of Dawson's Creek, and maybe we'll get another season under our belt this summer. Um, other than that, the rest of the plugs are actually in the little recorded feed at the end of the show. So, uh, well, I mean, it's time to sign off for a little while, but, uh, Rob Thomas actually sent us a little package for a finale podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Here it is. Oh, open it up. What does that note say? It says, thanks for the podcast. Enjoy this boat party in a box. What? And inside the box are two clear vials and two cans of Supermax. What? Wow. Well, who knew this evil underground podcast gig would have actual perks? Thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks. But, Robin, are we actually going to do this? I'm sure it's harmless stuff. I mean, I mean these, are just, <laughs> these are just show props. This is such a bad idea. No way. This, this is happening. This is happening right now. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I just opened this vial and... <sighs> Oh, yeah. Oh, do it. Do it. Well, I guess. Oh, oh, my God. That's got a kick. Right? And here's a can for you and a can for me. Live to the max. Super max. Super max. <laughs> Until next time, listeners. Cheers. Cheers. Go. <coughs> <coughs> The iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph 
is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Thank you for listening to our show. Obligatory contact information in three, two, one, go. You can follow me on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow me as well at L. Robinero. If you like what we do, check out our other podcast about the Joss Whedon show, Angel Redemption Cast. Find us at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. I also have a third podcast all about the Marvel Netflix television series. The Defenders Podcast. Find that at DefendersPod.com. Like us on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash iZombiePodcast. Join our Facebook discussion group, Facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. You can find those links and more on our home on the web, iZombiePodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Use those delicious cerebellums and make sure you leave it on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're out. Brand Appetit!